Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Domtar Corporation fourth quarter and full year 2020 results. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session, and participants are asked to press star one to register for a question. Should you require any assistance during the call, please press star then zero on your touchtone phone. As a reminder, this call is being recorded. Today is February 11th, 2021. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Nicholas Estrella. Please go ahead. Thank you, Orlando. Good morning, and uh, welcome everyone to our fourth quarter and full year 2020 earnings call. Danielle Buron, Senior Vice President, Chief, Chief Financial Officer, and Interim Chief Executive Officer, will be hosting the call today as John is on temporary medical leave. During the call, references will be made to supporting slides, and you can find this presentation in the Investors section of the website. As a reminder, all statements made during the call that are not based on historical facts are forward-looking statements, subject to a number of risks and uncertainties, many of which are outside our control. I invite you to review Domtar's filings to the Securities Commissions for a listing of those. Finally, certain non-U.S. GAAP financial measures will be presented and discussed, and you can find the reconciliation to the closest GAAP measures in the appendix of this morning's release, as well as on our website. As a reminder, personal care results were classified as discontinued operations for all periods presented in the earnings release and the accompanying investor presentation as of the fourth quarter of 2020. Results from continuing operations represent our pulp and paper segment and corporate shared services and overhead. Pulp shipments to personal care are also considered to be third-party shipments. So with that, I'll turn it over to Danielle. Thank you, Nick, and uh, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> As you know, J John is on temporary leave after contracting COVID-19, and the board has asked me to take on the chief executive responsibilities while he's out. I'm getting frequent updates on John's health, and I'm pleased to report that he's doing well resting at home. 2020 was anything but an ordinary year. The impact of the global pandemic on the economy and on Damtar was dramatic and unmatched in the recent history. It resulted in a significant restructuring and downsizing of Damtar paper business, with over 900 of our colleagues leaving Damtar and the suspension of our capital allocation program. Throughout this time, however, we stayed true to our values and we have accomplished a great deal. Our team demonstrated resiliency by continuously adapting to changing market conditions. We kept our operation running efficiently, improved our processes, and made our company stronger. We focus on our people, taking consistent action to protect them and to support our communities. At the core of our efforts were rigorous and disciplined COVID protection protocol put in place for all our locations across the business. Our protocols change many day-to-day -day operating procedure and require active participation of all employees. In the course of managing the pandemic, we also recorded our lowest ever safety incident rate. We are really proud of our employees' response in, in this challenging 2020. In paper, our ability to adjust quickly reflects the agility of our teams as well as the optionality of our asset base. We maximize cash, cash reduce costs, and remain a reliable partner to our customer. We've reduced our capacity and inventory by idling nearly 40% of our production in the second quarter, leading to a 25% permanent reduction by year-end. By focusing on cost reduction across the business and removing some of our highest cost manufacturing assets, we've reduced our paper cash costs by nearly 6% year-over-year and by 10% in the second half of 2020. Our smaller network also allowed us to improve our customer mix. In pulp, we grew volume grew by 7% in 2020 as we've converted paper to pulp capacity. Issue, 
towel and personal care and news market at very strong demand throughout the year and kept our order books full. We stayed focused on customer mix and value proposition to improve our margin. We also continued to ramp up our investment in high return projects to optimize and drive efficiency and performance across our paper asset, sorry, pulp assets. In personal care, we continue to provide essential product during the pandemic and executed well on our customer win. Our teams did excellent work to improve profitability, gain new customer, and to improve the operating structure and cost profile of the business. Profitability increased 42% versus prior year and margin improved 320 basis points. Now, with respect to our strategic roadmap, we are proud of our accomplishments in 2020. First, we've reached an agreement to sell the personal care business. Second, we've launched our first line aboard conversion at Kingsport, and we initiated a preliminary engineering study for the addition of a low-cost line aboard line at Ashdown, taking advantage of the scale fluff pulp operation and surplus pulping capacity. Third, we announced a $200 million cost reduction program to focus and align the organization on our transformation and to establish even greater accountability for performance. Let me take a moment to expand on these three initiatives. We've entered into an agreement to sell the personal care business to American industrial partners for $920 million. For Damtar, this transaction accomplishes several key objectives. First, it is a significant milestone in our ongoing portfolio transformation and our focus on building an industry-leading paper, pulp, and packaging company. The transaction provides Damtar with capital and resources to invest in our future and will also lead to a more optimized business portfolio. With the proceed, we expect to reduce debt by approximately $600 million. Our strong balance sheet and liquidity will position us for resiliency and growth and will be an important pillar in providing flexibility to maximize value creation. We also plan to buy back about $300 million of shares. As you will recall, we've suspended our capital allocation program early in 2020 to preserve cash. Today, we announced that we are resuming our stock buyback program. This decision demonstrates our confidence in Dumptar future and our commitment to delivering value to our shareholders. In terms of cost reduction, we are on track to realize the full $200 million of annual run rate saving by the end of 2021. In the third quarter of 2020, we've launched a series of initiatives, including business optimization, manufacturing cost reduction, and right-sizing of our support functions. We constantly work to lower our costs, and that entails reduced complexity. Completing the execution of our cost reduction program is a priority for 2021. Our strategic choices on portfolio productivity and organization structure are not independent strategies. They reinforce and build on each other. These initiatives will create a more empowered, agile, and accountable organization and will help us deliver on our financial goals. In 2020, we confirmed our entry into the growing packaging market with the announcement of the conversion of our Kingsport mill to container board. We have an experienced and competent team in place responsible for asset conversion, commercial strategies, business processes, and operational readiness. We, also, we are also establishing a comprehensive fiber procurement strategy. We have identified a significant number of recovered paper suppliers with over 100 locations which can cost-effectively supply fiber to Kingsport. This will allow for a very efficient supply chain model and will enable us to utilize low-cost backhauls to bring recovered paper to the mill. The teams made great progress in 2020. All major equipment is in order, and the project is on schedule for a 2022 startup. Since announcing our entry into the packaging space, we have had significant interest from independent bus converters and end-use customers. Our commercial efforts are focused on a healthy group of potential customers, and we continue to expand our opportunity pipeline. The Kingsport conversion and preparation for the container board launch is also a focus of 2021 and the centerpiece of our growth going forward. Overall, we have a clear roadmap to create significant long-term shareholder value 
by focusing on our portfolio around paper, pulp, and packaging. With paper, we have a leading market position in North America with low-cost and well-invested paper mills. We also have the best customer in the industry and a rich product portfolio that includes growing grades. We have a solid and high cash generative business that can yield attractive return even in the most challenging environments. In pulp, as our capacity increases, we are focused on the highest growth segment, including global hygiene and tissue and towel markets. We have a very competitive pop asset with the potential to further increase our performance through strategic investment and drive our mills toward first quartile. And finally, we will also enter the container board market with highly competitive asset and a differentiated go-to-market strategy. Look at now at our Q4 financial result beginning in slide four. We reported this morning a net loss of $1.07 per share for the fourth quarter compared to a net loss of $1.67 per share for the third quarter of 2020. The fourth quarter results include an after-tax loss of 70, 78 cents per share from discontinued operation compared to earnings of 34 cents per share for the third quarter of 2020. Our earnings from continuing operation before items were 34 cents per share in the fourth quarter compared to a loss of two cents per share in the prior quarter. In the fourth quarter, we recorded $25 million of accelerated depreciation and $30 million of restructuring costs related to our cost reduction program. EBITDA for items from continuing operation amounted to $91 million compared to $87 million in the third quarter. Including the result of personal care, EBITDA before item was $124 million in the fourth quarter. Turning to the sequential variation in earnings on slide five, consolidated sales were $21 million higher than the third quarter. Depreciation and amortization was $3 million lower, and Eugenie was $6 million lower when compared to the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, we recorded an income tax benefit of $16 million. Now turning to the cash flow statement on slide six. Cash flow from operating activities amounted to $135 million, while capital expenditure amounted to $45 million. This resulted in free cash flow of $90 million in the fourth quarter. For the full year, cash flow from operating activities amounted to $411 million, and capital expenditure amounted to $175 million. This resulted in free cash flow of $236 million for 2020. Turning to the, quarterfall, the quarterly waterfall on slide seven. When compared to the third quarter, EBITDA before items increased by $4 million due to lower maintenance for $10 million, higher productivity for $10 million, lower SGNA for $7 million, and lower raw material costs for $1 million. These were partially offset by lower selling prices for $7 million, higher other costs for $7 million, lower volume and mix for $5 million, higher freight costs for $4 million, and unfavorable foreign exchange rate of $1 million. Our paper business on slide eight. Sales were 1% lower versus last quarter and were 17% lower versus the same quarter last year. Estimated EBITDA before item was $105 million. Manufactured paper shipments were 1% lower when compared to the third quarter and 17% lower when compared to the same period last year. Average transaction prices for all our paper grades were $2 per ton higher than the last quarter due to customer and product mix. Let's turn to the pulp business on slide nine. Sales were 9% higher versus the last quarter and 8% higher than the same period last year. Estimated EBITDA before item was a negative $5 million. Pulp shipment were 14% higher versus the third quarter and 10% higher when when compared to the same period last year. Average pulp prices decreased $17 per metric ton versus the third quarter. Let's look at page 10 now. Our paper inventory increased by 10,000 tons when compared to the last quarter, while pulp inventory decreased by 3,000 metric ton. As usual, you will find on slide 11 and 12 our estimate for some key financial items for the coming year. With respect to maintenance, our total maintenance costs for the year are expected to decrease by $13 million to $421 million. 
capital spending should be between 310 and $330 million and includes costs related to the Kingsport conversion and some strategic investment in our pulp business. Before I discuss the outlook, let me provide some additional color on the fourth quarter. Our paper business was steady with total shipment in line with the prior quarter. Order activity was stable across all channels. Office supply continued to recover, and we had a strong performance in food, security, medical, and, and thermal paper grade. We also reduced flex ton and export in the fourth quarter, which improved our mix. In addition, we've used a seasonally slower period to replenish low inventory level ahead of paper maintenance plan in the first half of 2021. Pricing remained relatively stable and consistent with the year-to-date average. Strong paper productivity and capacity utilization in our mill system resulted in a good cost performance this continued the trend that we've seen in our core paper mills over the last few quarters. The Porteron mill is scheduled to cease operation by the end of the current quarter. We are transferring a large portion of their grades to other mills to continue support key customers. In our pulp business, we've shipped over 480,000 tons in Q4, the highest quarterly volume of the year and one of our best in recent history. We had strong cost performance attributable to lower maintenance as well as our cost reduction program. Supply and demand dynamics continue to improve and we announced several pulp price increases over the last few weeks. The recovery in global pulp market has been driven by a few items. Demand in China increased substantially in Q4 as did maintenance and unplanned downtime in the second half of 2020, improving the market supply and demand balance. Inventory at the producer level are also low, and we believe that stock in Chinese ports are decreasing. In personal care business, we had a strong finish to the year. Our performance increased on strong sales of adult and continent products in North America and a good performance in Europe following the seasonal impact of the softer summer months. Our sales performance reflects good momentum in the core business and solid demand. Now let's review the outlook for 2021. As, as we've noted in prior quarters, our outlook could be impacted by changes in market condition, especially due to unforeseeable pandemic-related impacts. In paper, demand remained uncertain and dependent upon recovery from the pandemic, largely linked to the return to office and school. As the year progresses, demand should start to accelerate as vaccination increases and people gain greater confidence to return to offices and school. We expect near-term pulp market to gradually improve while cost inflation should be moderate. The sale of the personal care business is expected to close in the first quarter of 2020, and we have received regulatory approval in Europe and are expecting the North American approval in the next couple of weeks. In closing, despite the challenges of 2020, we've achieved strong results and will continue to focus on keeping our operations safe. I'm proud of the teamwork in 2020 that allowed us to move the company forward in accordance with our strategy despite challenging times. We've met many goals last year, especially in cash management and cost reduction, while remaining an agile, reliable partner to our customer. We believe these changes will improve the company for the long term. As the world starts to emerge from the pandemic and as market improves, we are well positioned to capture opportunities and to serve our market and our customer. We are in a multi-year process for, of transforming Damtar, and we look forward to more progress in 2021. Thank you. I'll return the call back to Nick. Nick. Thank you, Danielle. Um, so with that, I'll, uh, I'll uh, move it over to Orlando to open up the line for questions. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star one on your telephone keypad. If using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Once again, everyone, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad to ask a question. We'll pause for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity to signal for questions. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Once again, everyone, that is star one task a question, and we will take our first question from Anthony Petnari with City. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, guys. This is actually Randy Toth sitting in for Anthony. Um, I just wanted to focus on pulp. Good morning. Um, can you touch on just pulp pricing a bit? We've seen some pretty aggressive announcements by competitors over the last month or so, particularly on the fluff side, um, but less so on the softwood side. Is there anything driving particular strength in fluff um, that wouldn't affect the softwood side? And then, additionally, how are realizations in pulp quarter to date versus 4Q? Thank you. All right, so let me uh, uh, share a little bit on that. That's a good question. That's definitely part of the uh, recent development. So we've announced a series of uh, pulp price increases. I think Rizzi uh, captured yesterday night the uh, the last leg of the month of March, actually, uh, from uh, from us. So in 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 total, uh, uh, we're, we've increased our pulp price um, in North America between $175 per ton to uh, $240, depending on the grades. Uh, and in China, um, I think it's between 150 and 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 200 again, depending on grades. Uh, so uh, we believe uh, we'll see the benefit of those uh, uh, price increases. As always, uh, China has a more immediate impact in our uh, P&L. China's is a is a net price and uh, is net next month always. Uh, so it's it's implemented rather quickly. North America. Uh, the announcements are always uh, before discount, and, and the discount, I think, in 2021 are around 40 42% on average. Uh, plus, there's uh, some contractual obligation in the U.S. that will delay a little bit of, uh, of uh, the impact on our P&L. So, so far, I can share with you that um, our pop shipment in uh, January were strong, and, and our price increase uh, versus uh, where we exited the Q4 by about 30 bucks a ton. Okay, understood. And then maybe just staying on the pulp side, um, can you just update us on how pulp operations at Ashdown are running? Um, I think previously you had planned to switch from hardwood bales to softwood bales in 1Q. Is that still on pace? Uh, and then just maybe your mix expectations for Ashdown specifically in 2021? Thank you. Okay, good. Good question. Thank you. Um, the the conversion in Ashdown to uh, full softwood is done. I mean, we're still in the ramping mode, uh, so we're not uh, uh, at at the speeds uh, we we will be soon. Uh, but it's going well. So Ashdown should produce uh, more than 700,000 uh, 700, tons of pulp uh, per year, uh, with a capacity of uh, about 500,000 tons of only once, which is um, uh, the fluff line, but that can all do, also do uh, softwood bale and the other 200 uh, in a normal pulp dryer that will do, do softwood softwood bale. So the mix will depend on market conditions. Uh, if if I mean there's obviously contractual obligations, so we'll serve our customer. But when we have kind of a open uh, tons uh, on sold or spot tons, whatever you want to call it, uh, we're picking always uh, what, where is the best mill net for the mill. Uh, so the mix will swing a little bit, but uh, it, it, the mill is set to do. 500,000 ton of softwood and 200,000 ton, uh, sorry, 500,000 ton of fluff and 200,000 ton of uh, softwood bale. Got it. That's very helpful. I'll turn it over. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question will come from Mark Connolly with Stevens Inc. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. This is John Ryder on for Mark. Um, good morning. I just wanted to start off in morning. Uh, just wanted to start off in paper. Could you help us better understand what drove the favorable mixing in Q4, and uh, which is usually a bit weaker, and what that means for Q1? Uh, yes, uh, with pleasure. Um, uh, we we took actually proactive action, as you uh, you probably recall, uh, last summer by uh, taking um, a lot of uh, lack of order downtime that uh, ended up to be a significant permanent reduction in our capacity, 25%, that allowed us to uh, work a little bit on our mix. Uh, so we, we have in Q4 sold way less uh, what we call flex ton and export, 
with a, a lower mill net than North American prime uh, grades. Uh, that explain uh, the good performance in uh, in our paper business in terms of pricing in Q4 versus I'm, I'm with you. I mean, versus what you've seen in many many years. Normally, Q4 for us was Q4 is always kind of a bit uh, weaker, and and we're using that time to do a lot of flex and 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 sometimes a bit more export also. And this is what uh, what we've been able to avoid uh, this year. So our system in Q4 actually worked uh, very well, almost full. I think we took just. Uh, Six or seven thousand tons of lack over downtime in a in a, in a more kind of a, a niche grade, uh, but the, the rest of the, of the system actually worked full. Uh, so we're very pleased with the uh, realization, uh, the price realization in Q4. Okay, great. And then uh, with personal care gone uh, and other moving parts, could you just give us an idea of normal maintenance versus growth capex in 2021's number? Thanks. Uh, I mean, maintenance and dump tar, I mean, the pulp and paper business should be between 100 and 120 million per year. Uh, we've spent uh, significantly less in 20, 2020. I mean, uh, because of the pandemic and the uh, unknown uh, impact, uh, we've, uh, we've made the decision to postpone uh, some CapEx and to, I mean, actually work uh, very hard to maximize cash flow in the business uh, to, be, uh, to be ready and, and to be uh, um, able to go through the uh, the entire storm. Uh, so, I mean, normally 100, 120. I think next year uh, in the number I've shared a little bit earlier, there's about $120 million of maintenance capex. Okay, thank you. And our next question will come from Sean Stewart with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Thank you, good morning. Um, couple good morning, of questions, Sean. Danielle. Good morning. Uh, we wondering if you can give a bit more detail on the, the strategic investments in pulp. Um, specific investments you're thinking of, scale of those investments, and, and timeline for for implementation. Those are. I mean, we we've created that three years ago. I think um, kind of a roadmap for all of our pulp assets. I mean, pulp is a is a is a core business for Damtar. This is. I mean. Our external capacity is around 2 million tons, so that's a business that uh, we need to uh, improve over time. So three years, four years ago, we had a roadmap of, of different projects uh, that were one by one uh, debottlenecking the asset and reducing their cost. So next year is this actually we take we took a pause and, and a pause in 2020 uh, for the same reason I discussed earlier and next year is kind of a, a we're resuming that uh, so we're going to have a couple of projects uh, uh to uh, to improve profitability and improve throughput and nothing uh that I can share and and that I want to share but uh, I mean it's it's also kind of just I would say normal but it's it's part of our long term plan to improve our cost position in our pulp business Okay. Um, second question, and you might have referred to this, and I, and I missed it in your prepared comments, but in the Q4 results on an annual run rate, do you have uh, a percentage of the, the $200 million in annual cost savings you're targeting over a couple of years, or by the end of 2021, rather? How much of that, if any, would have showed up in, in the Q4 results? All right. Thank you. Thank you for the question. I think it's a great uh, um, information to share. The, uh, our cost saving was uh, threefold. One was um, manufacturing saving, uh, right-sizing our portfolio and, and right-size uh, portfolio of assets or paper capacity, if you will. Uh, and the third leg was uh, uh, right-sizing the, uh, the, the SG&E or the support functions. Uh, a big portion of our cost saving were front-loaded. Uh, we've closed uh, the Kingsport asset. We've announced the closure of uh, Port Huron that, is, uh, that was partially closed at the end of the year. I think uh, it will close uh, the, this quarter, actually. Um, uh, we've also uh, shut uh, the last paper machine in Ajahn. So a big portion was linked to let's remove all those fixed costs. Uh, so uh, a lot of the savings were front-loaded. So as of year-end, uh, our run rate of the $200 million is around 70%. Uh, so there's still 30% that needs to be capture next year. Um, a portion of it is still capacity rationalization with uh, the closure or the final um, ton in, uh, in Porcheron. The rest is um, still right-sizing their support function where uh, we need to 
change processes, uh, change, change stuff, uh, do differently so that we can extract those, uh, those uh, synergies. Thanks for the detail, Danielle. Uh, good quarter. That's all I have. Thank you. And next, we will hear from Adam Josephson with KeyBank. Please go ahead. Danielle and Nick, good morning. Hope you and your families are well, and just wanted to wish John my very best and a speedy recovery. Uh, I'm, sure, Danielle, I'm sure he's I'm listening. Sure. He's listening, so he's, uh, he's, he probably heard you wishing him well. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, Danielle, just on, update on Kingsport and Ashdown, if you may. Can you just talk about what progress you've made at Kingsport since your last call? And then on Ashdown, obviously John mentioned on the last call that you're in the process of deciding whether you have the capabilities to take on two rather large projects basically at once and that you expected to make a decision sometime this year. So would appreciate an update on that as well, if you can. All right. So Kingsport, um, um, everything is uh, uh, going according to plan. Uh, so we're in the demolishing uh, phase and demolition will continue into the spring. We've applied for Envir environmental permits uh, that should uh, be obtained in the next uh, four, five, five to six months, uh, and at that point we'll start construction. The first aspect or the first construction we'll do is the OCC plant and the OCC warehouse. Um, so we should see that in five, six months. Uh, at, the, at the same time, uh, progress on procurement, as I've shared in my prepared remarks. Uh, we uh, we are in discussion with. Uh, uh, I mean, a, a, a big bit of, uh, of the potential uh, recovery paper uh, provider, and I think it's, a, it's actually very uh, positive in terms of their location and the ability to uh, uh, backhaul uh, the recovery paper after shipping liner board, so very efficient supply chain. And we're still making progress in our commercial uh, discussion, if you will. Uh, a lot of interest. Uh, the current market is actually... Um, helping uh, to a certain extent. I think we're we're going through, or the industry is going through a time where uh, the liner board is, uh, or container board is in short supply. So the independent are suffering more than the average. Uh, so they, they, they have a live example of why aligning with a business like us that will uh, be there for them uh, in good and, and, and less good time uh, is great. So I think I think on the commercial side, we're also making uh, interesting progress, uh, and we'll keep uh, updating you um, as uh, as we know more and as we can share more. Terrific. I think yes, the, the second leg of your question was Ashdown. Exactly. Ashdown, and yeah. we're still in the uh, in the um, in the uh, engineering study. We're still looking at a handful of different configuration. Um, key key element for us is uh, that I mean. We want to be a low-cost producer, so we won't enter, uh, we won't do a conversion or do something if we cannot convince ourselves that we're actually very well positioned within the first quartile. Uh, what I mean by well positioned, I mean on the left side of the first quartile in the cost curve. So we're still uh, working towards that, uh, and it needs to make financial sense at the end. So we're in, in that process. I think you alluded to the fact that John shared that we think we'll be decision ready. Um, or we know what's the, the, the answer of that work uh, this year. Uh, I'm going to just repeat that. I mean, I think towards the end of the year, uh, we should we should have the the information uh, that we need to to decide if Ashdown uh, is a is a good candidate uh, for the next conversion. Uh, that's great, Danielle. Thank you. Two other questions. One on the buyback. Can you talk about? The, the timing of it and the, the nature of it, will it be an open market repurchase, a Dutch tender, just given the liquidity in your so How are you thinking about the buyback in terms of how you'll do it and the timing around it? Uh, uh, unfortunately, I mean, we, we haven't made any decision on that yet. Uh, we're still uh, exploring what's the uh, the best tools. I mean, there's no tool uh, open remark, uh, open market, uh, Open market repurchase, uh, accelerated share repurchase, tender, and all the different variation of the of the three uh, tools that we've just discussed. I mean, this is this is all in our toolkit, and we're still analyzing that. Um, uh, it's going to start very likely um, um, after uh, the close of the transaction in terms of sizable repurchase. 
uh, and that's a discussion we'll have with uh, with our board uh, in a couple of weeks in terms of uh, what what's our recommendation, and uh, and that's where we're going to make that decision. But uh, we're 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 actually indifferent uh, in terms of tools. I mean, what we're aiming at is how can we uh, repurchase our stock the most efficiently uh, and and to the benefit of our remaining shareholders. I appreciate that, Dan. And just one last one on your paper demand outlook for the year. Now, obviously, the, the comparisons will be difficult in the first quarter and then very easy in the second quarter because that's obviously when demand fell off. And then it'll be the comps will be kind of neutral thereafter, I would think. How are you thinking about you know, what a reasonable expectation for what demand would be this year, uh, just given how long you expect the lockdowns to persist? And again, the easy, the yeah. difficult comps in one queue, easy comps in two queue, et cetera. So it's a it's a good question. I mean, it, it's actually very tough to uh, to have a, a firm point of view of that. I mean, if you look at what the PPPC or EZ are seeing in the market, one is a I think it's calling for a flat uh, year over year. If you look at the 12 months, EZ is a, a bit more optimistic with uh, I think a two three percent improvement in uh, overall paper demand in North America. Um, uh, and, and I think I think Rizzi is, is about to review its own uh, forecast because the pandemic is lasting a little bit longer than than what they thought first. I, I mean, if, if if we look at it, I mean, January results uh, shipment uh, compared to last year that was a normal a more normal month. Um, I think we're at 15% uh, decline. Uh, there's a couple of day uh, shipment day less, so it's it's more closer to 12%, uh, and there's still a lot of people not working uh, at the office, uh, schools that are not running full, uh, so there's probably a little bit of uh, additional consumption uh, that's going to come our way when COVID will uh, will be uh, in our uh, rear mirror. Um, I, 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 we're, we're kind of um, uh, cautiously optimistic in terms of them, and we believe that uh, as the year progresses, we should see um, uh, more paper consumption. Actually, we've done a piece of study um, that uh, shows that the the people that are returning to the office, uh, 85% of those people claim that they print uh, as much as they were uh, prior to uh, uh, being asked to work at home. Uh, so if it's true, uh, a, a portion of the the decline that we've seen last year will will come our, back our way. Uh, so I mean, overall, I'm, I mean, we're confident. Our our belief is we're going to see um, a volume increase, and and because of our decision to close capacity uh, late last year, uh, I think we'll have a very very efficient uh, uh, portfolio of asset and and a high utilization in our own system. Thanks so much, Danielle. Best of luck in the quarter. Thank you. And our next question will come from Mark Wild with Bank of Montreal. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Daniel. And good morning, John. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I wonder if we could start out. I really have kind of two areas I want to focus on. One is just the impact of the weaker U.S. dollar and these rapidly rising pulp costs on your paper business, both in terms of imports of uncoated free sheet, but then also just the question of whether, you know, this ultimately has an impact on the North American paper market. Uh, let's talk about pot first. Um, I mean, I think you're, you're, you're raising a good point uh, that the price increase that been announced for China, uh, there's a portion of it that you can see is financed by the uh, uh, the currency change, uh, the, the U.S. dollar being uh, weaker versus the Chinese currency, uh, that's that's going to help a little bit uh, the, the Chinese market to absorb those increases. But by the way, those increases are also net-net higher than what we've seen uh, in other markets where uh, the transactions are, are in um, in U.S. dollar. So so yes, I mean currency is a, is a, is a plus I think for for pop price to uh, to go through. Uh, but I think there's real demand in China. Um, the economy is slowly starting a little bit everywhere, uh, and, and there's this uh, issue of, of uh, bringing or, or, or transporting the, the pulp from, from North America to Asia that is creating a, a longer supply chain that might be a little bit of a, 
of an explanation also for uh, for the rise in in pulp prices. As as for paper, I mean, imports in the U.S. are not um, large as we speak right now. Um, I, I don't think we're I, I, we're not expecting to see changes there uh, with currency movement or not. Uh, so I don't think it's going to have a, a significant impact in uh, in imports and in and, and paper consumption coming from the uh, the, the domestic supplier. So I, I'm, I'm, I think this is this is neutral in terms of uh, our paper business. Okay, so you don't think the fact that pulp is going up and raising kind of paper producers' production costs in Asia and in Europe will have any ripple back effect into the domestic market? I, I think we'll, it's going to have a, an effect on pulp consumption. Uh, if, if pulp starts to be too expensive, paper uh, producer, producer may, may take uh, action in terms of uh, increasing price or actually uh, stopping producing. But I don't think that's going to have an impact on the on the uncoated free sheet market in the U.S. Okay. Uh, the other question I had is just: um, Are you going to have some uh, some tax loss benefits? Uh, from the sale of the personal care business, and, and if you are, could you quantify those? This is a, that that there's a small loss. Uh, it's going to be a, a capital loss, so it's only uh, you can use it only against capital gain. So uh, uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, when we're going to have capital gain, we'll, we'll have the benefit, but it's not operational loss. Therefore, not something we can use against normal normal profits. Okay, all right. And just one last one, if I could, just to slip in. When do you expect to have any volume commitments uh, for the Kingsport startup? Do you, you expect you'll have uh, volume commitments at the time of the startup? And, and does the fact that the market is so tight right now actually make it a little more difficult to get those commitments because people feel like if they make a commitment to you now <laughs> that they might have difficulty Getting container board over the next 18 months in this very tight market. I think you're you're touching a, a sensible a, a sensible point. I mean that's that's the same that's been the same thing since the beginning. I mean we we on on one side don't want to um, ask for commitment too early because we would have to give too much of the economics uh, of of uh, of our business and at the same time uh, our potential customer. Um, are afraid of committing and 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 that it's it become known that they've committed to volume to us. So I mean it's kind of a it's a lose lose situation uh, if you were to commit right now. But it's our uh, intention to have uh, some commitment before year end, uh, before the current year. Uh, so discussion are progressing very well. Again, uh, reception is, uh, is is great. The the. I think one of the lessons learned in, 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 in the discussion we had with potential customers is they have um, a lot of uh, good projects uh, that they'd like to uh, to do, uh, but their their risk of supply is a, is a big uh, issue that they're facing. So our view is as we grow in liner board, we're going to see uh, the, the independent box uh, producer investing further uh, and growing further also. So uh, I think it's a win-win for for us and for them. Okay, sounds good. I'll turn it over. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you. As a reminder, press star one to ask a question. And our next question comes from George Staffos with Bank of America. Please go ahead. Thanks. Hey, Danielle, how you doing? And uh, good morning, George. On as well. Um, I joined the call late, so I apologize if some of this is already covered. First question: I just want to piggyback on on the topic actually that Mark raised. So. You know, in our coverage of the some of the other pulp producers in Latin America, there's a lot of discussion last year about how you did see swing pulp production relative to uh, integrated paper production, and the net of it was that you know at any given time a half a million tons you know was swinging back and forth. I'm surprised that you think that a pickup in the pulp markets might not ultimately tighten up and, and help um, improve the overall uh, commercial outlook, if you will, for uncoated free sheet, recognizing, you know, the U.S. is obviously a you know, much more vertically integrated market, but you do get these swing tons that show up from time to time, in, in, you know, in both products. So anything else that you would share on that front and add a couple of follow-ons in pulp? 
um, uh, again, I, I think at, at the margin, uh, it, it might have an impact. But, I mean, if you look at the total imported paper uh, in North America, it's it's not high. Uh, so so if it reduces a little bit because pulp is being too expensive, they start shipping in the in the U.S., yes, it's going to have a small impact. But I, I fail to see uh, that being a mover. So at the margin, yes. Uh, is it a big a big mover? I, I don't think so. Okay, uh, I appreciate it. I don't want to beat the dead horse here. Um, second thing that we're hearing about this morning from some of the other companies, some of the larger pulp producers, is their view that they are at really really low inventory levels. Uh, and then you know based on their intelligence, and this is obviously the harder part of the equation, they believe customer inventories are relatively low and, and recognizing in line to relatively low recognizing is a big difference between paper grade and, and fluff um, customers and the grade itself what's your view on where your customers inventories are at this moment you know as you're trying to push through several increases and, and, and what gives you that view one way or another uh, yeah, we share I mean we're hearing more or less the same thing that you just said uh, uh, inventory in China seems to be uh, low uh, we're hearing that the inventory at the ports are also uh, being reduced. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned earlier a little bit kind of the supply chain that is a little bit more long or complex um, uh, to, to, to Asia right now. So you, you have to assume, I think you, you can guess that uh, there's a, a um, people are trying to replenish their inventory and maybe even uh, create a, a, a small buffer uh, given the supply chain issue. Uh, so we're hearing the same thing. Uh, so th there's definitely uh, hard additional or positive consumption, uh, plus a little bit of uh, of uh, supply chain issues that are and, and the currency, as we said earlier, that explaining the uh, the price uh, increases that we've seen. Yeah, and just to be clear, the the, the comment that's been by one of the companies today was that uh, Chinese inventories for at least their customers are higher maybe than average, but lower than what they were seeing in the third quarter, and that's been a consideration in terms of the cycle. I guess the last question I had for you on, on this topic, um, you know, even though you have price increases in the market, and, I, you know, you've said a number of times, you know, you think fluff is a, a good place to be in terms of growth, you know, the profitability, as we've all chatted about on, this, on these calls over the last couple of years, has, has been perhaps not where you would like it to be. I mean, it's great that we're seeing some movement now in pricing, uh, but it seems to be being led once again by the commodity grades. And, you know, is, why is this the business that will actually sustain a price and a return above your cost of capital as opposed to be, being just dragged around by whatever's happening in the commodity markets where the North American guys – even if it's fluff, are relatively high cost. Why is this a business you still want to be in, given that volatility in your return and a return that's been below your cost of capital from what we can see? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Um, uh, I think I think the um, the fluff um, situation is kind of an interesting one. Uh, there's a, a, a lot of um, swing capacity in the southeast of the U.S. Uh, a producer that can do both fluff and SBSK has uh, as we can do also, as I've shared a little bit earlier. Um, and I think you, we've discussed in prior calls uh, that uh, some uh, application of fluff um, uh, were uh, requiring less fluff. So there was kind of a, a dip, if you will, in, the, in, in demand, uh, kind of a one-time event uh, uh, that, that created kind of a, that, that uh, uh, oversupply, if you will, uh, but we're still uh, highly confident that fluff over time, uh, uh, baby diaper, feminine hygiene, uh, adult uh, diapers will continue to grow, and, and we're a high-quality producer, um, and, and I think we're long-term, this is still um, a business that we're confident in. Okay, thank you. We'll turn it over. And our next question will come from Paul Quinn with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks very much, and uh, morning, Danielle. Good morning, Paul. Hey, just had a, a couple uh, questions on pulp, just because you haven't got enough of them yet. But um, just maybe you could remind us, 
your pulp shipments by geography, you know, breaking that down into Asia, Europe, and North America, and whether you expect any change in that uh, with the sale of personal care. Well, we're shipping about half of our production in Asia, and the large portion of what's in Asia is uh, um, uh, is in China, and uh, and kind of a 10%, let's say, in Europe, and the rest in North America. And, and no, we're not planning uh, to have a big shift. I mean, we're... Um, I mean, the the one change that uh, you, you're going to see uh, in, in 2021 is, uh, first, as uh, Nick mentioned in the prepared remark, uh, our sales to our personal care business are now, are now considered third-party sales, so the number we're going to show all will be higher. We were selling 100 to 100,000 tons to, uh, to our personal care business. We'll continue to sell to the new world uh, at, the, at, at the same level, <laughs> at the same level. Um, uh, uh, but that's it. Uh, overall, I mean, our external podcast capacity uh, is around two million tons. So we should, you should expect. I mean, 480 in Q4 was uh, uh, very close to uh, to what you should see in uh, quarter after after quarter. Okay, apologize for that. That's my new associate there. Um, <laughs> just maybe an, another question, just on, on pricing. Um, you know that 40 to 42 percent discount that you mentioned in North America. I mean, I thought it was in the high 30s, but it it brings up the question of you know is that the ideal way of, of pricing pulp? And any discussion <laughs> in the industry to try to move back to a net basis in, in North America? It would be great. I agree with you. This is uh, this is adding complexity. It gives the impression that. Uh, uh, the, the commodity is very expensive when it's, uh, it's, I mean, if you have a 40% discount, this is definitely less. It's kind of a vicious circle. Uh, it started at some point, and it's almost impossible to uh, to stop. Uh, but, uh, I mean, if, if someone finds a way to uh, to uh, uh, restart all that, uh, we'll definitely part, be part of the discussion. Okay. Thanks very much. Best of luck. Thank you, Paul. And there are no further questions in queue. I'll turn the call back over to Nicholas Estrella for additional or closing remarks. Thank you, Orlando. Uh, so we will release our first quarter 2021 results on Thursday, May 6, 2021. Thank you for listening and have a great day. And ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's call. We thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.